0: Welcome to the Intimate Inspirations Podcast. I am Michelle Blumentritt, and I cannot wait to share with women, no matter what your phase of life, a long-time passion of mine to help you find your beautiful. Welcome back to Intimate Inspirations. Thanks so much for being here today. It is our third week of Love Month, and I am super excited to introduce an amazing couple today we have rebecca and morgan Connolly, and dalen and i have known them okay let me step back i have known rebecca uh, for 40 years probably 38 years maybe Um, and she has been an integral part of my life and a friend for that long and of course I met Morgan through her when they got married and Dalen and I have had the pleasure of being friends with them ever since and they have also been a huge part of our lives and our friendship has grown tremendously over the years. Um, We are going today to be speaking on a topic that I'm actually really excited and looking forward to because it's one that I think there are a lot of people that struggle with this and I just feel that it's really important for people that are married and have a spouse who might be struggling with it and maybe um, aren't even aware of it and some of the helpful tools and tips that they can possibly uh, take away from today's podcast. So we are going to be talking about the topic of testosterone deficiency and what that looks like in a marriage and how that can affect the husband and the wife of course and Rebecca and Morgan both are going to give us some of their experiences with that in their marriage and I am just really grateful to have them both here so thank you both for being here today
1: yeah yep absolutely
0: I told them, I'm going to kind of give them a little introduction, um, and then I'm going to let them just introduce themselves, and then we're going to go a little bit further and dive into our topic. So Rebecca and Morgan, either one of you can go ahead and take the floor and let us know your, how long you guys have been married and how many kids you have and how you guys met after that. You can go into that story as well.
2: Okay. Well we are going on 23 years of knowing each other this year. Um, we've been married for over 21 years and we have three kiddos. Um, our oldest is 19. Cade Madden is 16 and Delaney will be 12 next. And our story of how we met is one of my favorite to tell <laughs> and he might tell a different version but let me get the, the real version out first before he pipes in. We were working out at the same gym, and he was super friendly to everybody, would talk to everyone, smile, and anytime he'd walk by me, he would smile and then look away real quick. I wasn't there consistently. I was a flight attendant, so I was gone often, but there was a day that he worked up the nerve to come up and talk to me while I was working out. And he had his chest puffed out and his muscles bulging. (laughs) Walked up, looked at me and said, so do you work out here? (laughs) As I was working out, I said, yes, I do. (laughs) And he quickly changed it and said, I mean, how often do you work out here? And uh, I I love that he's (laughs)
0: shaking his head that this is definitely not the true story, I'm guessing. Right, Morgan? Well, I mean...
1: (laughs) You know, I'm glad I'm here so I can let people know what the wife thinks to what really happened. And the fact of the matter is, is working out at this gym, you know, I would see her working out and I'm I'm always friendly to people. You know, I like to try to be at the gym with people and get to know people, which is kind of part of my deal. And the fact of the matter is, is I would never ask someone if they worked out somewhere, if they're working out at that place. I think it's I said, how many days a week did you work out here or something to that extent? But, you know, um It it wouldn't have been that. And I I don't think I popped up my chest, but maybe that's what (laughs) I did. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, so that's kind of the different story.
2: Yes. And then we started dating shortly after that for just over six months and got engaged and got married just over six months later. Gosh.
1: So obviously, Michelle, what I did at the gym worked. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. See, she can't knock that. I know. There you
0: go. So... How long then, how long ago, I guess I should say, was it that you guys started realizing that there might be some issues going on with your testosterone levels and how did that all come about?
1: So I think some of the kind of backstory, you know, you, you would have to figure out kind of after we figured out what it was, then I made sense of what it was before. So for example, you know, for me, you know, I went into, a pain specialist for my shoulder, and I was getting pain injections. And while I was there, the guy that was administering it basically said, "Hey, do you have low sex drive? Are you exhausted?" Um, just named all these symptoms, and I said, "Well, I don't know." Well, have you had your testosterone checked? And you know, for me, I haven't. You know, so he did a blood test, and then I was able to come back in and then kind of get an idea of where my testosterone levels were and how that affects who I am and what I was what I was doing and then being able to make it work from there. So with that being said, knowing that I had low testosterone, things in our marriage when we were, you know, being married and stuff and going through stuff was low sex drive. I mean, just not for a man, you know, to have a low sex drive and not want to be with his wife necessarily all the time. It just seemed off. And at the time it seemed normal because I didn't know any better, right? Very lethargic, um, exhausted all the time. Um, For me, I had a lot of weight loss. Um, I didn't understand why I couldn't gain the weight that I would should have kind of attitude. There's, you know, a couple other symptoms in general with it, but for the most part, those were the three main. And obviously, you know, my wife can talk about it a little bit, but it affected our marriage in a lot of different ways. You know, I think, you know, being a husband and stuff, your wife wants to feel wanted. That's a normal, I think, feeling that anybody wants. And, you know, when you don't, you know, show that emotion or, you know, have that way of thinking, it it devastates, you know, your spouse. And uh, so that was a huge issue in our marriage.
0: I think it's important to tell the listeners your ages.
1: So I am 44.
2: And I'm 45.
0: Okay. So... How many years ago was it that you guys discovered this? And then maybe, Rebecca, you can talk on how long prior to that that you maybe saw some symptoms and maybe didn't know
2: what they were.
1: So to answer your question, it was about 15 years ago.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, 12. Okay, I'm sorry. Because I was pregnant with Delaney. So
1: 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, So looking back on it... The symptoms were present from the day we got married. And, um, you know, we had our wedding, went on our honeymoon, had an amazing time, and the moment we got home from our honeymoon, the honeymoon was over. And you and I grew up together knowing, I, I think between the two of us, we got more lingerie than any of our friends at our showers because they knew we were waiting to sleep with our spouses till we were married and we were so excited about being able to rock our husband's world.
0: So Rebecca's my soul sister in this because I have shared in other episodes that I had this vision when I got married of, you know, sex was always going to be like amazing and at like all the time. And of course the husband would just always want it when you wanted it and you'd be romantically painting your new apartment and just have sex and you'd be everything would just be so perfect and you had this vision it was the hollywood vision well we both i think discovered that that wasn't always the case when you get married
2: we were going to be these little sex kittens Mm -hmm. and rock our husband's Mm worlds and it, it it wasn't that and that You know, I feel like you guys all got married before I did, so I didn't go into our marriage with rose-colored glasses, but I did not anticipate this area being such a painful, long process. And in that, in our first year of marriage, I was grateful that I had the book, um, The Power of a Praying Wife. Because there, it it was, when he did get tested, his doctor said, I don't even know how you got out of bed this morning. His levels were so low. Which then started to make sense, but for seven years, we didn't know this. So it was, you know, me working through, it's not me. You know, I... I did everything I could to be, you know, attractive for him and all of that, and just had to get to the point where I knew who I was in Christ and was secure in that. But his uh, being lethargic, he was in the gym six days a week and not gaining weight and losing weight. And um, it wasn't until we got these tests back seven years into our marriage that he... um, we realized what was going on. And within two weeks, he was a totally different man. And I'm, I'm going to say real quick, the approach we took, I I wish we would have known a little bit more back then. And I wish we would have tried a more holistic, you know, tried the diet and food to help get your own testosterone to jumpstart. So I do recommend that. That's not our path, but the way that he went, it made a difference within two weeks of going through that. So um, it was amazing his levels. He didn't need to nap all the time. He was happier. And unfortunately for us, he discovered this when I was pregnant with Delaney and on bed rest. (laughs) So there was nothing I could do to help his newfound (laughs) desire to have sex so all these years until after she was born because we were high risk pregnancy with her so so were you doing
0: it was it injections was it a cream what was it that you did
1: so kind of going back to what i talked about before about being able to get the blood work done well i got a call right and this is probably you know a couple weeks later and you know he said come on in so i went and he said let me let me explain something to you when a guy's testosterone levels normal levels are between 800 to 1,000, okay? Those are normal levels for a man. And obviously, as we get older, testosterone levels do drop. And I think that's why a lot of the times, you know, guys need to look into this in general uh, because the older you get, your testosterone levels naturally start to drop. Obviously, when you're younger, your testosterone levels are super high. Um, So I went in there and he said, listen, here's the deal. Your testosterone level is like at 198. He goes, let me explain something to you. 198 is prone to heart attack, Stroke, you know, cancers, um, all kinds of stuff. And he said, with that being said, we need to do something about this, right? So what they did for me is they, they, it's injection, okay? There are different routes that you can go when it comes down to testosterone replacement. It's called TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. That's what it's called. Um, some routes are literally a grain of rice that they implant in your back. And little by little, it puts out the medicine throughout the month into your body to what it needs um, to where you can make that work. Now, problem with that is there's prone to infection and so on and so forth. So I decided not to go that route. So my route was through a syringe, um, which they would, you know, you would pull up a certain dose every single week and it'd be once a week and you would inject that. And then you'd go back, you know, depending on what they wanted you to do, but three to four months later to get your blood drawn, to see where your levels are at, to make sure you're in safe levels. And that's kind of the path that it's gone. I would say to emphasize it a little bit more, how obviously important it is for males to get, you know, checked for that, because obviously the stuff that I went through, there's no way I would have even thought of that because that wasn't even a thought process in my mind. What is testosterone replacement therapy? I had no idea. Unless someone explains it to you or you see it, you would never know it. So that's why this is so important. But with that being said, The problem, the the negative side, and what she was saying is if you can do it holistically, that's ideal. I think what happens is, is once your body starts taking in the testosterone, your testicles stop producing what it needs to because it feels like it comes from another source. And so it shuts down. And so unfortunately, if you do it for too long, it will shut down and it's hard to have your body, and there is some stuff you can take for your body to try and reproduce its own testosterone And getting off it, which I tried, but I was already five years in. And my body wasn't going to do that. And so unfortunately, that there is a downside. I mean, this is a lifelong thing that you have to stay on now to mm. stay at the levels you need to to function.
0: Interesting. I didn't know all
2: that. Yeah, and you do need to be careful as well. Fortunately for us, we um, discovered this when I was pregnant with our third one. But once you start this therapy to... Um, it can. you have to be really careful if you're trying to have kids too because it can, you know, prevent you from being able to have children. So just, and, you know, neither one of us are medical experts, but this is just our experience mm-hmm. too. So.
0: so I'm curious, I'm guessing that when you decided to try to stop so that you could probably go more holistically is probably what your thought was. What are some of the things that you've read or that you have, that you were maybe going to try to do other than what the route that you're doing now, what are the, some of the holistic ways that you can do?
1: Um, you know, one of the things that they, they try to do is put you on HCG, right? Which is basically, it's a chemical compound that basically you take and it's once a day for like two weeks to try to jumpstart. start your body's natural production of testosterone. And what I did is I cold turkeyed the, you know, testosterone, which I think you need to go off it little by little. And you know so your body's not completely shutting itself down. And so the second time we tried it, that's what I did. But ultimately what you're doing is you're trying to wean yourself off of the testosterone replacement therapy and trying something, which not necessarily holistic when I say that, right? This is just another compound, another chemical, that they can prescribe to which obviously can help your body jumpstart itself. Um, After two weeks of taking that, then they say, okay, let's see where your levels are at. Unfortunately for me, mine didn't jump very high. They actually dropped because what happens is not being on testosterone after about a week and a half, because you take it once a week. So after about a week, and a half, two weeks, it literally will go out of your system. So you can have a thousand, you know, thousand rating when it comes down to your you know, testosterone levels. But what happens is if you get offered for a week and a half, two weeks, it will drop you back down to around that two to 300 range. Mm. And so that's why it could be, again, something, if you cannot jumpstart it, like you could with that, unfortunately, you're going to have to go back
0: on it. So do you, I'm guessing you have to go regularly for them to test to make sure that, you stay within the correct range that they're trying to get you. Is that like, how often do you have to go and what do those appointments look like?
1: Okay. So basically, you know, for me, it's, you know, they, they try to do a blood test about every four to six months. Right. And this blood panel is not just your, let's just kind of test everything blood panel, but what they're looking for is they're looking for your estrogen levels, right? They're making sure your estrogen levels aren't very high because anytime you enhance your testosterone levels, your estrogen levels are gonna keep up, right? They're gonna try to almost mimic where that's at. So unfortunately with higher testosterone, uh, brings sometimes higher estrogen. And with that level being high, then you're having more of a a female testosterone kind of thing. We all have a little bit of estrogen and testosterone, male and females do, right? But one's just obviously higher than the other and vice versa. Um, But that's what they do. So every four to six months, you know, I take these inject, you know, injections home and I basically draw them up myself and I have to do it once a week. And then around that four to six month mark is when they do blood draw and they're looking for, again, your estrogen levels, your testosterone levels, but they're also looking at your white blood cells, your red blood cells, because when your testosterone gets too high, your your red blood cells get really thick, okay? And so they want you to donate blood usually every six months or seven months, because if it gets too thick with being on this testosterone, that can cause heart attacks and strokes and so on because it clots. And so you're supposed to donate blood so you can get that blood to thin out, right? And that's part of that natural process of taking testosterone. And so when they do those blood panels and they come back with it, you're able to see where your levels are at and what they need to do to adjust. Do they need to adjust your testosterone? Do you need an estrogen blocker um, to maybe get that estrogen lower? Um, so there's different routes they can go just depending on what your tests come back.
0: I have so many questions. This is <laughs> very intriguing. I don't even know where to begin. So it's a balancing act is what I'm hearing. Um, sounds like it's I mean a lot a high maintenance I mean there's a lot of stuff you have to do and I'm sure at the beginning you're having to probably figure out until they balance where you need to be and then so it was probably a little bit of a struggle at the beginning now that you've been doing this my I guess my first question is do you feel like is this something that you feel is normal at your, the age that you felt like, I mean, you guys were young, you were married. How old were you when you were married, Morgan? 20,
1: 23?
0: 23, 23. Yeah, so is that, I mean, I'm assuming that you had a conversation with the doctor and is that something that's normal in men at that age? Is it something that was just specifically the, uh, your case or,
1: you know, for me personally, um, I, in high school, did steroids, and I think that screwed up my testosterone levels bad. And it wasn't for a long length of time. It was only like a three-month stint. It wasn't anything crazy. But even that, I mean, you're boosting your testosterone levels on normal testosterone levels super high. And then all of a sudden, you're done doing that product. Obviously, they drop. Mm -hmm. And I think mine just plummeted. And so I don't think it's necessarily as normal for a 23 year old to have low testosterone as it would be for someone in their mid forties to fifties when it normally is supposed to be dropping. And so I think for me personally, that is probably one of the side effects that from doing something stupid in high school, that was probably one of the side effects that my body took in, unfortunately. And so for me, that's why it was not normal at that age. Cause I don't think it is. I don't think 20 year olds should have low testosterone. It's not normal. Right. Um, It's supposed to, again, decline as you get older, just like a lot of things. You're deficient in vitamins. You're deficient in a lot of different things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was the case for me. So I didn't know anything about that until literally on a on a glitch going in there, going for shoulder pain to being asked, do I have X, Y and Z and then getting tested.
0: Rebecca, I'll let you just talk a little bit and you already kind of touched on it, but just some of the ways that this affected you obviously early on because of the way that you felt like it, a marriage and, or especially an early marriage should look mm-hmm. and like all the honeymoon phase of a marriage. But even a little later until you guys discovered this, what were some of the other symptoms and some of the things that people can be watching and looking for in their spouse in case their spouse, as we know, Men don't love to go to the doctor. It's not something they do often. So, Morgan, it doesn't surprise me that what you're saying about you went for something else, and that this was a result, mm-hmm. because I think for men, they don't go unless they there's something wrong, typically, and they don't necessarily feel that. So, what would you say to wives as um, who might be struggling with some things and thinking this is an issue, but don't really know?
2: Well. I was reflecting over how this affected our marriage, and we went seven years not knowing this was an issue. And a part of me was really appreciative of that time because it really forced me to choose to love him through better, through worse. Um, It made me get real in my walk with God to know where my confidence stood. That first year of marriage just being just recognizing there was nothing I could do to change him. I didn't want to be the one to change him, but it drove me to my knees and it gave me a a huge purpose in being able to pray over him in so many different categories. I mean, it was not feeling wanted was really hard early on, but there was just bad moods. Negativity. He was tired all the time. You know, even, you know, activities with neighbors or friends and family, there just was no drive or desire on his part. He was always exhausted and cranky, and not understanding that was really challenging. But I think the one thing I do appreciate is. Just being able to work through those things and know that I loved him and could pray over him and support him and knew that the Lord could work through all of these symptoms of what he was going on, knowing that that God had it and we were going to be okay. And I knew that I loved him beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I'm glad I had those years to solidify that, although it would have been nice had we known it right away. That would have been lovely <laughs> so that we didn't have to go through yes. just because it was, you know, that it was heavy and intense. And once we had the understanding of it, it made so much sense and it helped, helped our marriage so much too, because it wasn't a daily struggle. You, we, you, we, struggled and for a season, both of us had been to a point where we chose to stay married daily. hmm And when we discovered that this was going on and he started getting help, there was a lot of things that had been growing in us spiritually. And I'll have to look up during the next question, uh, the Bible verse that kept me going on. But after that, I feel like our marriage started being blessed and started getting fun. And we had a new lease on life and we liked each other again and all of those things.
0: I'll let you, Morgan, and then Rebecca can maybe add to it. But did you feel early on when you felt this way, did you think that it was a medical issue or did you feel like it was just who you were?
1: Well, you know, it's weird because you go, you know, obviously up till that time. And that was, you know, I was 17 when I decided to make that poor choice. And with that being said, you know, obviously up till that time, you know, enthusiastic, energetic, was able to, you know, not necessarily put on weight because obviously metabolism's still really high as a teenager and you can eat whatever and all that good stuff. But, you know, sex drive was never an issue. You know, it was always girls are beautiful, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything's wonderful, you know, kind of way of thinking because there's like any other teen boy, mm-hmm. you know. But then once you got to that point and then all of a sudden stuff starts shifting again, I mean, your mental clarity, I mean, being very lethargic, you know, sleeping more than normal, being very agitated, at things that shouldn't have agitated you. Sex drive, again, I was never been one of those guys that was like, oh, I don't, that's not what I want to do right now. It's always been like, yeah, let's go. Where we ever can go kind of attitude. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're doing a wallpaper on a wall, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm all about it. But then it just felt like your whole presence of who you are just completely was depleted and it didn't make sense. So when you asked me, did I know anything of it at the time? I, or maybe that something was wrong. I just knew that it didn't make sense, but I didn't know how to go about it. Right. I mean, I, and you know, when you're in your twenties, you're not thinking, Oh, I need to go get blood work done or something's mm-hmm. wrong. You're just like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. is this just who all of a sudden I am? You know, is this a choice of dumb decisions that led up to this? You know, there's a lot of what ifs and a lot of doubt. And then I think what that does is that angers you because as a male, you want to be able to put on, you know, strength and muscle and weight. And I went to the gym all the time. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be able to be, you know, sexually interested in your wife or your, your girlfriend or whatever at the time. It, that's always so important. So mm-hmm. when you take those masculine you know, qualities mm-hmm. away and you strip them, it feels like you are just a, a shell of yourself mm-hmm. and things just don't make sense. And so it makes you angry. And I think that's where the anger came in. It was just a, why is this happening And why can't I fix this, you know, off of basic supplements you can get from the store or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And I think it's so important for you to be speaking on this because I feel like one of the things that I want to do in my podcast always is to be able to be transparent and have maybe people learn something that they aren't comfortable talking to other people about. And I think for you as especially your age, um, Probably wasn't something you felt like you really wanted to go talk about it to, especially friends who were tw- in their 20s that may not understand and think that's weird or that's crazy. So I love that you are willing to be transparent and be open and have others who maybe aren't willing to talk to people but are feeling these symptoms or going through some of these struggles but don't know what to do because think that's key so and and I think especially for a man just like what you said um, having a testosterone level issue could be definitely uh, almost makes you feel like that defines you as less of a man it takes your man card away to a you know to a degree because you feel like that's what a man is being able to love your wife and want to have sex with her and be intimate and want her. I mean, just even having that desire. So I, um, I think that would be really hard. I definitely am glad that you're willing to talk on that today and be open and did you find the verse, Becca? No, you didn't okay. find the verse. <laughs> so, what are some other things? I mean, I like I said, I have all sorts of things that that go through my mind in this. Just because I don't know as much about this, but I know that this is something. I mean, like you Becca and I were talking before the podcast started, but that we probably are all dealing with it to some te- degree. And I think about me in a marriage with a husband who turned you know fifty a year ago and. What that looks like for him and some of the things that, you know, would make me nervous about it. So I guess one of the questions I'd have, Morgan, is what are some of the negative side effects of testosterone taking? I mean, are there any? And if so, what are those and how do you counter those and how do you handle that?
1: Well, like previously stated, I think the the negatives would be once you're on it and you've been on it for a long time, you're not getting off it right? That's a huge negative. Mm -hmm. I mean, because no one wants to do a shot every week for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge negative, obviously. The other part would be like we talked about before is, you know, the blood thickening, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to get blood, you got to make sure you're on top of it. It is a balancing act because you are constantly trying to see what works and what doesn't. Now, when you get to what your dosage is and what works, usually that stays pretty consistent through the blood work throughout the years and stuff. And they might have to tweak it a little here and there. You know, the questions that I get asked when I go back to get blood work done is, where's your sex drive? How are you feeling? Are you tired? Do you feel like there's anything that's changed? Is there any estrogen levels? You know, like guys get gyno, right? Which Mm -hmm. is in their chest, they grow more fatty tissue, right? That's a a negative side effect of taking testosterone because your estrogen levels are high. Thankfully, I've never had that issue, but that is a side effect. So I would think I would just say, you know, being on it and having to stay on it, that's a, it sucks. I mean, that's not ideal, but I know that for me personally, if I'm not on this, I know where I can be and it's not, it's not a place I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? You don't want to be on it because you, you don't want to have to do with this all the time and get your blood drawn and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But the other part of that is a lethargic, like I said before, sex drive and so on and so forth.
0: How often do you give blood? You were talking about, I did not know that either. That's really intriguing.
1: So it just depends. So what happens is, is when I go get blood and they do their blood work, right? And I, and I, and that's usually every four to six months, usually I have to go in and give a blood panel to see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. They will tell me where my blood, my red blood cells are and if I need to get blood or not. And usually what they will say is until you get blood, we can't do another you can't do any more testosterone like you've got to get that done and they're pretty serious about it because again it thickens Mm -hmm. the blood and then eventually it could cause a lot of issues and so yes you do need to go give blood and you know for me i i try to stay at least once a year if not twice a year okay i would say i don't think you would have to go any more than that unless your body for some reason is producing a lot more red blood cells from this mm-hmm. um, but usually they're pretty good on saying okay these are your levels I would say go get blood within a three three month span or a three week span whatever it may be so mm-hmm. they kind of give you a heads up
0: Rebecca do you have anything to add to all of that um did you feel like it was a medical condition in the early stages or did you just feel like what did I get myself into with yeah, this man I didn't,
2: uh-huh. I didn't think it was a medical thing at all
0: yeah
2: yeah, yeah I had no idea
0: just like Morgan said, you don't think of it being a medical condition,
2: yeah.
0: um, in those early stages, but, um, I'm thankful that you were also transparent about the steroids. And even though that was something that was short term for you, it sounds like it wasn't something you did for a long time and it still may have been, did you ask the doctors about that as far as if that could have been a factor?
1: You know, I, I think at, One time or another, I'm sure I did, you know, because I think that is one of the things, especially being younger. I think if I was to go in my 40s and figure this out, they might think, okay, normal. Right. This is something that's semi-normal. Now, your levels might be a lot less than what normal decline might be. Right. Um, But ideally, being in my 20s and going to go get that figured out and having that low testosterone, there has to be something to it. Right. There's got to be something for the most part. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not saying all cases are the same, but there has to be something to it. And for me, when I brought that part up, they said, don't surprise me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally take your levels super high, obviously, and that's what steroids are, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're an enhanced, genetically modified, not natural Mm -hmm. substance um, that literally puts your manhood to a thousand percent. I mean, that's all there is to it with Mm -hmm. being able to get bigger or stronger, uh, you know, whatever that may look like, but yeah, I mean talking to the doctor and saying, "Hey, this happened, you know, when I was 18, 17 years old. Could that be a benefactor of what this was?" Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, especially being at that age again. So.
0: So now that you're on the testosterone regularly, obviously you were talking speaking on the fact that yes, it's Rebecca, you said it made a huge difference within a couple of weeks is Does it feel like with that, with everything, you obviously are at the gym regularly now often. Do you feel like you're able to maintain the weight that you want to maintain now and bulk up the way that you wanted to, as well as the sex drive getting better too?
1: So it's, it's when my testosterone levels are where they were, and we're talking about that 195, 200 range, which is critically low. I was probably weighing 165,
2: Mm -hmm. maybe.
1: And then once I got stabilized on a testosterone, it was around 179, 180. So ideally 15, 18 pounds, give or take, was not where I was supposed to be, right? And so I think now, you know, I'm kind of stabilizing out a little bit here and there and it will fluctuate weight wise, obviously, but I stay for the most part pretty, pretty good with what I do. But, you know, staying in that 180 range from 165, This is probably with it being the levels where they should be normally with my testosterone. This is probably the way I need to be, right? Just because these are, this is where my body's leveling out. So this is where I should be. With sex drive, I think, you know, it it comes and goes with anything now. I think it's more normal, right? To say, gosh, it's been a really long day. Maybe it's not the greatest of times or whatever, but I definitely think it's heightened for sure. A normal range heightened, right? I don't think I'm the guy that's jumping on my wife every five seconds and just driving her crazy, you know, because I don't think my testosterone levels are out the roof right now by any means. I think they're normalized. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, yeah, I I find my wife beautiful and I think I always did. It was just in my mental capacity. There wasn't that drive to want to be with her. And again, nothing on her, Mm -hmm. nothing on her at all. It was me. Mm -hmm. Um, But with me going through that mentally, you can't make sense of that. It doesn't make sense, right? And being a Christian, I think spiritual warfare comes in. I think that's more of what I was thinking when it came down to it. Not as much of medical is what am I being attacked with, with not feeling like I can love my wife the way God intended it to be. And I think that was a huge issue and it didn't make sense either. Right. Cause I was a new Christian at the time too, mm-hmm. you know, pretty close. So that all being said, I think things are where they need to be. Do I think things fluctuate and sometimes I need to, dose a little bit here or there just to make sense of things. Yeah. Like you said, it's a puzzle. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's a give or take thing. And you gotta, you know, you just gotta kind of play with it a little bit to find out where your levels need to be.
0: Rebecca, I want to speak on a little bit, um, kind of as we wrap up, but I, I really want, I love that you said that you early on were reading the power of a praying wife and, I want you to just speak on that and then what are some other tips that you and tools that helped you to get through, obviously, between the two of you, um, how did you overcome this and get to the point where you guys are today where you feel not, obviously, I always say nobody's mastered, we will never have arrived in marriage, (laughs) but just obviously from 20 years ago till today where where you are and how far you've come what are some of the things that you
2: feel like were helpful for you um first and foremost having that foundation in Christ and knowing who you are being able to go to him and first you know i have a really great support system too that is very important but learning how to go straight to my savior's feet mm-hmm. with the hurts the frustrations and, and not just with this issue, but any issue that we would struggle with in marriage. That book was instrumental because each day you're praying on a different subject, even if you're not struggling with that, which really gave me the foresight to, you know, there's a chapter in there to pray over your husband and um, infidelity and that it wouldn't even come near him or brush. And just, it gave me the tools and the the wisdom to be proactive in praying against all of the different issues that you struggle with in marriage before it happened. And anytime we would struggle with things, just knowing that I could go to him. Another really important thing to during, during any struggle you have in marriage is having that support system of people, close friends or family that, that will love your husband no matter what, no matter how angry you are. You need to have some people in your life that you can go invent to, and it's not going to change their opinion of him. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, I have found over the years that when you get offended in marriage, a lot of people tend to want to sit back and see what your spouse is actually going to do and wait and catch them. Mm -hmm. And aha, I knew you were. And I didn't take that approach with him. I was. You need to evaluate for real, where is your heart with your husband? Do you really love him? And if you do, I wanted to protect him from falling into any of those categories and just communicate with him often. And we did throughout the years. We also, um, throughout the 22 years almost, have gotten counseling from different sources And each source has had their own little golden nugget that they have contributed to our marriage. And being open to hearing what you need to work on yourself. You know, during those years where he was cranky and would be snarky or hurtful, it was very obvious and easy to pass blame for everything on him. And God created a season in my life where I was very isolated and he was like, let's set that aside. I want to work on you. And just being open to looking at yourself and working through those things too will definitely help. So those are just a few of the things that I recommend. And just really being honest with yourself as a wife. Who do you think your husband is? What is? What are your thoughts? What is your heart towards him? Is he truly your soulmate? Is he truly the one that you love and adore? Do you love him so much that you'll walk through the fire with them, but you'll also be real and honest with yourself and have the confidence and the strength to face these things in a loving way, you know, not, not sitting down and being walked all over because okay. that was definitely not the case with mm-hmm. us. And that, you know, not allowing that to happen, but really, looking at your heart mm-hmm. and knowing what your really your real feelings and mm-hmm. thoughts are and whatnot towards
0: your husband. I love that you said protecting him because I think what I go to is just as a wife in a situation especially like this, it's a sensitive subject that you could have used against him in many different ways. And, you know, like you said, I went to people who I knew were going to – still love him and not judge him and look at him the same but it didn't always you could have been very different if you chose to go to other people that judged him and made him feel insignificant as a husband and I just think it's really really important as a wife to know those things as difficult obviously as it was going through something like this but I just think of that word being you know, just protecting him from what could have been, because obviously he didn't choose that and wasn't happy with what how things were going either. And so, for you to be protective of that and still be able to love him through that and be prayerful about that, and I hope that all of my listeners here um, and and have heard during this month of Love Month with couples, there's a theme. And, um, you've mentioned a lot of things that have already been spoken about, which I love just having people in your life that are going to speak truth into you and to your husband and sometimes say the hard things, but also not going to judge you and just love you where you're at, um, praying and knowing that God is going to be there and answer your prayers. And I just, it's all very, you know, one of the things that we talked about one of the other podcasts with our couples was, you know, being on the same team and being a united front now that you have children and your parents. That's one thing that came to my mind, Morgan, and I'll just go back to this real quick. You guys have a son. I'm assuming that you've been transparent with him about this so that he understands and knows and he's been educated as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I, you know, I try to, I think as parents, you know, sometimes a lot of parents will hold back on maybe things they've gone through in life. Mm -hmm. I personally, even though I didn't, you know, the things that I've done in my past, especially with the steroid use, even though for a short period of time, not proud of, I mean, obviously, but if I could save my son who wants to be like his dad, wants to be in the gym, wants to get muscle, whatever he wants to do. But right now, that's a big deal for him, right? And has been for, you know, a little while now. So with that being said, I want him to know that A, steroids aren't the answer, right? That's not the way to go. There's other ways to make it work without doing that. And B, you know, he knows that I'm on testosterone therapy, right? I mean, I don't hide it. I'm not one of those I don't go do my shot in front of the family when we're doing our dinner. And I'm like, hey, hold on. I got to do a shot in my cheek right here, you know, kind of attitude, you know, obviously. But when it comes down to it, you got to educate them. Mm -hmm. Right. And especially nowadays, I have friends that are, you know, at the gym with me or just people I know that are older guys. And they're like, hey, I'm exhausted. My sex drive is not great. And I'll say, hey, have you gotten your testosterone checked? I mean, that's such a thing I'll go to now Mm -hmm. because it's not now, you know, being older and stuff. You got to take the humility out of it mm-hmm. and you got to be real. And the real part is, is this is what I'm going through? Mm-hmm. It's not great. It's not ideal, but it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to do this so you can see? So it's more now of an education thing than it is. And that's why I'm grateful that you allow us to come on and talk about this, because mm-hmm. you want guys to be able to have a successful marriage. You want guys, especially, but then successful in life in general, mm-hmm. feeling like they are who they should be instead of who they're Satan's trying to attack them to not be kind of attitude. And so it's so important to, especially with my own son or, you know, younger generation, not even people my age, just to educate people and, you know, take out the, again, you know, I had low testosterone and feeling humiliated because it's not about that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's about so much more than that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think you said it before, I think we started recording, but this is a way more common problem Mm -hmm. than people realize. And I think that is really key. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I, I, really think that's important for people who might be listening that think that's probably not me or I don't have that issue. What would you say on that?
1: You know what? Again, statistics are all over the place. By all means, when it comes down to men being deficient in testosterone, um, I think the last one I looked at was maybe a year and a half ago, two years, that said 65 to 70 percent of men have low testosterone. Mm -hmm. Now again, whether that's critically low or just lower than normal or whatever that may look like, but sixty-five to seventy percent is a pretty big number. Mm-hmm. And again, I would say that if you have those ways of thinking that we talked about before, lethargic and you know, sex drive and just very foggy headed and so on and so forth, I would definitely point that as one probably your first step mm-hmm. of taking. Now after that, you can decide of what therapy you want to do. That's gonna be best for you. Um, but I think that would definitely be something I'd pinpoint immediately before a supplement or so on and so forth, because it's just a blood test. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you're doing great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, figure it out now, so you're not going through seven, eight years of marriage or whatever it may be, you know, having issues because of something that you had no idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you both. Rebecca, do you have anything else to add or do you feel like you said all that you need to say?
2: Well, I, I couldn't find the where the Bible verse is exactly, but it went something like he will provide an oasis in the middle of the desert was the gist of the verse. And he gave me that verse as a promise over our marriage before we knew that this was an issue. Mm -hmm. And I do think that yes, it was a medical issue, but I do think that there was definitely a spiritual Mm -hmm. aspect to it too. Um, So, but that I wanted to make sure I got Mm -hmm. that verse in there. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Morgan,
0: this, I I just thank you for being, once again, for being willing to be transparent. And this makes you way more of a man right here, what you're doing and being willing. And I think when we go through life experiences like this, like you're saying, we want to be able to help other people who might be going through the same type of thing. So I'm sure you're way more in tune with other men that you speak to that might have similar symptoms and it becomes sort of a passion of yours to be able to help them if you can in any way, shape or form to educate them so they don't have to go through it for years before they find a solution. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you both for coming and being willing to be open and transparent today.
1: So Michelle, I just want to thank you for having us today. Um, you know, obviously just being able to educate some people on the the topic itself, and you know, be able to have my wife on here, and be able to kind of go back and forth on the reality of what low testosterone looks like, and what that is in our lives, and how that's affect us, and the positive outcomes, obviously, of it all. But um, just want to thank you. I mean, I, I truly feel like when you started doing these podcasts, and you know, where God has put you, you know, it's it's just been a place where I feel like you're, where God needs you, and where he wants you. And I think a lot of people that are hearing these podcasts you know, whether it affects one person or a ton of people, I feel like you're making a huge difference. And I just want to let you know that obviously we love you. We're so grateful to know you and continue to know who you are and, and how beautiful God's absolutely just blossomed you into the woman that you are now and where he has you, I think is just amazing. And so to be a part of this journey with you and to be able to see how beautiful this whole thing has come about, what it can turn into is just such a blessing. So I just want to thank you personally for having us and just having the privilege to be able to be on here with
0: you. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks for seeing my heart. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And remember, you are beautiful.